Hey, this is Eddie Olchek. You're listening to Empty Betters with Nick, Mac, and Harrison. Good morning, everybody, and welcome back to episode 105 of Empty Betters. I'm your host, Harrison Schultz. I'm going to toss it across the screen to my co-host, Nick Manella. How we doing, buddy? Hanging in there, man. Getting through the the nine to five, you know, the rat race. So happy to be back doing these podcasts. Uh, it is the highlight of my week every week. So uh, yeah, absolutely love it. For sure, for sure. And I'm also going to toss it across the screen to my other co-host up north, Mac Vogel. How are we doing, buddy? Doing good. Living life, as I always say. Um, no, there's a lot, a lot of stuff to get to today. So I'm excited for some, dreading others. But, uh, you know, it's all got to get through through the wire somehow. So ready to dive in head first. Hair still looks a little long, in my opinion. <laughs> oh, yeah? Yeah, what's up with that? So if you want to, if you want to know what's up with that, I'll, I'll, I'll be honest here. I, I actually, I called this morning to try and schedule an appointment and they said they were booked. They said they could fit me in later this week, uh, but they'd let me know if they had any callbacks today. And I said, okay, hit me. This was early this morning. So I was like, all right, <laughs> I was trying to get the cut before the episode, right? So I could come on with the fucking lock chop do my part of the bet because I'm a man of my word. Um, but didn't get that call back. So here, here's what I propose. I'm willing to either schedule an appointment, you know, later this week or find a way to make this happen. Hopefully before our next episode, at the very least, unless I want to give you the option, would you prefer to wait until I come home and you can do it yourself? Wow. Oh my god. Oh my Dude, god, you'd let him I, do that? Okay. I'm I'm I know the audience would probably love for that to happen. Dude, I don't want to do that to you. Like I would feel <laughs> kind of bad. Like and I mean that seriously. I I I'd I'd fuck your hair up so bad. <laughs> your girlfriend would hate me. I mean, I I can't do that. I have All right. I'm not asking you to buzz your head. I'm just saying the exhaust pipes come off, you know, maybe you sure. get a little like trim up here, but supposed the sides. I had something yeah. in mind. I, I had something in mind. Or that... if you want to get something outlandish, you could pull like the Nick Manella circa Santa's costume haircut. What would I you don't was that, know 20? if we need to publicize that. <laughs> I, I think I know what I'm going to have done. And I, I think you'll, I think you'll be satisfied with it. Um, but good re- rest assured to you and to all of our listeners, uh, you know, I, I will stick to my word here and uh, soon enough, it'll get chopped. So by next Tuesday, you think? I think I think it's safe to say yes. So for That's those fair. who uh, for those who aren't following along, the, the Capitals played the Penguins last Friday night. Nick and I were at the game. Uh, Mac kind of called me out and then I was getting a little triggered. So I decided to say <laughs> during warmups that if the Pens win, he has to get his hair cut and then uh if you know if you guys watch on youtube or see the clips you can see mac takes great care of his hair great great locks definitely um, and then he was saying that if the capitals won i had to pay him 60 bucks since that was the 60th meeting between Ovi and sid in their career so it's nuts to think about fair yeah. bet i would say um but yeah the pens ended up 
taking that one. So, I mean, that's what I get for telling you that you could name the terms. And that may be the last time that I end up doing that, <laughs> but we'll see. We'll see. I mean, the Penguins and Caps are going to play at least a couple more times this year. So I'm sure I'll, uh, I'll end sure. up on the right side of the bet. One of these. Uh, I, I don't doubt that. I'm dreading the day. So uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll get more um, onto that game a little later on in the episode. Uh, before we get rolling here just a reminder fall and winter merch new gears coming check out the current merch www.emptybetters.com click on shop you can go from there uh question of the day mac what do you got so i'm pissed because i actually i thought of something this morning and now it's completely lapsed my mind um but i i have a backup one that i think we can go with that Nick sort of inspired in me when he texted me something recently. So um, we were talking about music and how, you know, besides sports and hockey, music is one of our biggest passions and finding new artists and listening to good stuff. So I want to ask a music question. I want to say if you could go to one concert of an artist that you've never seen, they could be alive or dead. Actually, no, I'm sorry. Only living. Let's do only living because that's just going to get too complicated otherwise. If you could go to a concert of an artist that you have never seen before and they're still alive today, what artist would that be? But all the ones I want to see are dead. Uh, exactly <laughs> why I pull that back because I, I, th- I think I know my answer for living, but if I, if I got to involve all the dead people that I would love to see live, I would have to think about this for like an hour. Oof. Um, and Harry, I know, didn't you just go to Eric Church the other day? Yeah. Was that a good yeah. show? Yeah, it was sick. At the really anthem, good. I've heard that venue was pretty fun too. So he I had a great, had a great show. Question: Can What's like, up? is it like if they're still alive, I can see them, but like, is it in their like peak compared to now? Can I like see them? Like, if I wanted to pick Metallica, could I pick like the '90s or something like that? Sure. Yeah, okay. I would say so. Um, I got a feeling I'm gonna be the oddball out of this out of us three because I got the different taste in music, a little more modern, if you want my opinion. Um. It's all good. So I don't think some people will know who this is. Some people won't. But if you're not hip, my all time favorite is Avicii. Honest. So when you said not allowed to be dead, that kind of wiped that off the floor for me. So I'm real into like the That's EDM a great scene. answer, honestly, though. I would. Yeah, I would love to have seen him before. So if you asked me, I'm, I'm into the EDM scene. Um, There's a DJ called MK. If For anyone who knows me, I'm a huge MK fan. He's probably not like closest to Avicii because they have much different styles, but I'm, I'm a huge MK fan. And if I could see him anywhere, one of the venues I've always wanted to see, and I have a friend who went there and I'm very jealous is the, the Red Rock outdoor mm-hmm. theater in Colorado. That's where that I place would go is sick. Him. I'd see MK at Red Rock. It's a good one word. If we're going to go with living, I think I'm going to have to go with guns and roses. All those guys are still kicking, right? I believe so. At least the majority of them. Barely, they, at they, least. They play. They tour. I know yeah. that. So. But like an old school Guns N' Roses concert. So what era would you have liked to see them the most in? When Appetite for Destruction was like just coming out and stuff. So like late 80s, I would sure. say. Okay. It's a good What answer. about you? I think, see, this is so hard because I, I really do like to... I pride myself in listening to a lot of different genres. So there's not one like genre that comes to mind where I'm like, Oh, that's the guy or that's the band. But if I'm really thinking about this, the two that I can't stop thinking about would be, and they're very, they're both very different. 
the strokes it's a good one like, yeah it's like a newer newer like 2000s era rock band if you're not familiar with them and uh but the problem is they tour like once every like three years and it's usually in like barcelona or some shit like that yeah. so it's really hard to see them um the other one and this is kind of a wild card i was way into this dude when i was younger and i i feel like if i could see him in like 2008 or 2010 like right around then be really sick eminem it's a good one that that would be cool that I would mean, be a great one he's another guy who really has historically not done a ton of touring um but he's he's played at a lot of like big festival shows and stuff like that occasionally and it would have been cool to see one of those i will add that if if we're talking about dead people though i gotta say lincoln park and it's that's a great one it's unfortunate because I actually had Lincoln Park tickets Same. at Verizon Center in Same. 2012. And I was literally in like seventh or eighth grade and I was supposed to go with my buddy and I was ecstatic. We had the tickets for months and months and months in advance. I was so excited. It was the night before I literally could not even sleep. And then my mom like came in my room to tell me that they canceled the show the following day because chester the lead singer got bronchitis and he you know if you've listened to them before he's screaming his fucking pipes off every single night so you can't really make that work Uh, i had um i had tickets uh to that one as well and then i also had tickets to i think this was like a couple years ago it was right before uh he passed away actually and um it was for blinkin park it was them and blink 182 and i think weezer was going to be there as well so like those three on the same stage back to back to back would have been insane wow that's that's unfortunate and the other thing that i think about with lincoln park is like that album he did with jay-z there's videos of them touring that that album together live and like jay-z's on on stage like doing his thing and then we'll get when it gets to chester's like vocal part They'll pan to Jay Z and he's like, "Damn, like that guy can sing." Like, he's like Jay Z's up there, impressed by Chester. So, says a lot about them. But anyway, I would also throw Mac Miller in there. Obviously, yeah, now. that's a great. I one. mean, I, I don't think we really like appreciated like how good he was until the tragedy happened. And uh, you know, I I feel like uh, the spins gets played more now than great oh, song. That song is so good. Yeah, so I'd probably throw him in there too. Great question, Dave Mac. Love that. Thank you. Um, before we get rolling here, sponsor Brackish Life. Let's take a minute to talk about Brackish Life. If you're like Brackish Life, whew, if you're like us and grew up on the water and outdoors, then Brackish Life is perfect for you. They have a wide selection of gear from UV shirts to hoodies and hats. It's Real Bay apparel made by Real Bay people. Head to www.brackish.life today to check them out. A little salty, a little fresh Brackish Life. Brackish Life has also teamed up with Rink to Reef Chesapeake Bay to preserve the area many of us call home. Rink to Reef repurposes broken hockey sticks into oyster restoration habitats. Brackish Life donates a portion of their proceeds to Rink to Reef to further preserve the beautiful Chesapeake Bay area. Support this great cause by checking out www.brackish.life today. Nick, the floor is yours. Okay, so all Calgary Flames games have been postponed through December 16th due to several players entering COVID-19 protocol. Eight players from across the league have been placed on the protocol list as of today, and as of a couple hours ago, I believe that number actually grew to 15. Some notable names on there are Devon Taves, Brad Marchand, Matt Barzell, Craig Smith, Ryan Lomberg, Milan Lucic, 
Noah Hannafin and Sean Monahan. Obviously, the last three of those being from the Flames, uh, otherwise known as half of my fantasy hockey team. Yep, I was going to say that's a tough one for you. Uh, and then the Wild Hurricanes game scheduled for tonight, which is Tuesday, has been postponed following four more positive tests for the Hurricanes. And the Nashville Predators have an outbreak now per Bob McKenzie uh, this afternoon. I guess he took some time away from making Bobby margaritas. I don't know where he ripped that idea off of, but um, <laughs> can we can we stop and acknowledge for a second how incredible that video was? Oh, oh it was phenomenal. fantastic. <laughs> like, You're referencing the Bobby margarita video, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That was top t- top notch advertising. I'm so mad that those are only available in Canada. We're gonna have I to know. have Rick like ship us some somehow. We need a uh, if he makes it a- back from Brazil. <laughs> We need Bobby Margaritas served at Max Margarita Happy Hour. There we go. That would be something, eh? There's a business model. Uh, The Zegras assist. So this took the hockey world by storm last week. Uh, If you haven't seen it, you must have dial-up or something. Uh, Zegras (laughs) flipped the puck over the net in an alley-oop pass to teammate Sonny Milano, and Milano managed to bat the puck out of midair and pass the unsuspecting Sabres goalie, Uko Pekka Lukanen. Um, (laughs) I thought I did pretty good with that one. That's just a funny name. I know. Um, So everyone loves this. People who don't watch hockey and who always make it a point to say, I don't watch hockey, but this is pretty cool when they tweet. Uh, They were all over the place. Uh, Everyone seemed to love it, except noted grouchy old man, John Tortorella, who had to be the guy who's like, I don't think this is good for the game and get off my lawn is basically what he was saying. So what did you guys think about his comments? Before we get to Tortorella, I didn't know this. I actually just learned this um, over the weekend. Milano called out for Zegers to do the Michigan. Like he yelled like Michigan, Michigan. And I guess Zegers like scooped it. And he saw, I can't remember who the defenseman was. Colin Miller was on the left side of the net. And he saw Miller was like going to, you know, destroy him. So he flipped the puck up and just insane. Like to have the presence of mind to call that and then do it and then score it is just crazy to me. Um, I have a torts rant saved for later in the episode, but what I will say is he's just like, how is this bad for hockey? Like, I don't really understand. It got like 60 million views on the NHL TikTok. Michael B. Jordan's tweeting about the assist. Like, how is that bad for the game? I mean, we've talked about this with uh, John Chiavo in the past about how, you know, these new like lacrosse style moves or crazy fancy stuff that guys could never even think of back in, you know, the eighties, nineties, early two thousands. Now you've got guys who can do it well at like a good, um, per- trying to say percentage rate at a good success rate. So when you got guys like Zegers who can do that, it's an efficient play. I don't really see the problem. Yeah. I think it's dumb. I mean, <laughs> Torrella, like you said, just a known grouchy old man. Sometimes, Sometimes we like to acknowledge that he's funny in the press conferences, you know, telling people to shut up or whatever. But in general, he's full of shit on this one. It's a sick goal. It blew up. It got the NHL a ton of attention. So I don't see how any of that could be bad right now. Yeah, 100% agree. Now, the one comment I do want to add, for those of you who haven't heard the clip, um, I would go listen to it. Just type in John Tortorella, ESPN, Zegers. It should come up. Uh, I think he was saving this rant and he just did it at the wrong time. Like he went on this rant about how the game is drifting away from what it used to be, which it is. And you can, there's some pros to that and there's some cons to that, but,
but he was talking about how the game used to be, you know, hardened and it was every, you know, it was uh, an honest game was the adjective he used. And while I can agree with a little bit of that, this just wasn't really the time to try to like, you know, connect the dots between Zegers pulling off a sick move and saying that the game isn't honest anymore. Yeah. I mean, I just I'll save that rant for later, but yeah, we'll go from here. Cool. Uh, Zegra shootout winner. Harry, did you catch that one? Yeah, um, he just stays in the headlines here. So I don't know if you guys saw the Ducks took on the Blue Jackets. I can't remember if it was before the goal or after the goal. I think it was after the goal. And then Zegra scores in the shootout and he's like laughing when he scores by the Blue Jackets bench. Voracek didn't take too well to that. Voracek goes in the shootout, scores himself. Then he goes by Zegers and starts jawing. And then obviously the Ducks won the shootout, and that's what resulted in the uh, semi-viral, I'll use that word, semi-viral clip of John Gibson waving by to the Blue Jackets. That's what prompted that. So Zegers is getting all sorts of uh, attention in the media right now. All, all good things. All make the game fun. While we're here, let's talk about the Ducks real quick. Like, we're more than a quarter of the way into the season now. What's the deal? Are they actually good? Gibson. Nick. That helps Gibson. a lot. I mean, it, we've seen it with Montreal. It can take a very average hockey team and propel them to, you know, the playoffs and even further. So good I think analogy. that's the big key right there. And then you've got guys like Z, Chris, who are, you know, he's this is essentially his first full year, in my opinion. He's playing really, really well. Uh, and then guys like Sonny Milano that are playing with him. And I mean, this guy was on how many teams before the ducks and now he's like a solid second line producing forward right now. I mean, I don't think any of us saw Troy Terry doing what he's doing this year either. Absolutely he's, not. He's, right. We knew he was good, but I don't think we knew he was going to do this, this quickly. Um, and they got a couple good pieces on the back end. I mean, Drysdale is 19 years old and he looks like he's that been in the league. It's going to be for- something special. Yeah, hey, it looks like he's been in the league for like five years. He doesn't make any mistakes. Yeah. I've never really been a big fan of the Ducks, but for some reason this year, I kind of want them to actually be good. Like, They're a fun I, team. I want this to be like a legit thing where they make the playoffs and see who can who can they like sneakily cause some trouble against. And they're exciting to watch. I mean, they, they are. And like, how can you not root for Getzlaff? I mean, right. He's, he's kind of had this resurgence. He's almost a point per game player. He's battling injury right now, but I've always yeah. been a big Getzlaff fan. Yeah. You don't like him? I don't know. I he's really? always, he's always just been that like Canadian like I don't know. He gives me like Mark Messier vibes, which nothing against Mark Messier, of course, but I don't know. I, he's just like a little bit too much of like an old guy Canadian for me. I feel that. I I've always loved like the big power forwards that can score, like the Iginlas, the Getzlavs, the old school like Kesslers, like. Jamie Sons Benn of, when he was still good. Nick yeah. Antropov, Frederick Gautier. Like. <laughs> sure, yeah. We'll go with that. But I've always had a soft spot for those kind of guys. Cool. Uh, Team Canada. Speaking of old Canadian men, let's talk about some not-so-old Canadian men because they unveiled their 25 players that they will field in Alberta for the 2022 World Juniors. This roster features the next two projected first overall draft picks. So that's 17-year-old Shane Wright and 16-year-old Connor Bedard. Literal children. Yeah. The big stat here is Bedard. So for a, for someone to make Team Canada when you're 16, that's a pretty big deal because the only other players that have done that 
are named Connor McDavid, Sidney Crosby, Jason Spezza, Jay Bomeister, Eric Lindros, Bill Campbell, and some guy named Wayne Gretzky. Who's that? Never heard of him. No, I think he was okay, though. I mean, you know, we, we talked about it last episode, Shane Wright, Connor Bedard. Um, you know, Bedard might be projected to be a little more of that franchise player as opposed to elite. They're both going to be studs, but I think Bedard has a little more hype and, you can see by the list of names that he is now um, getting himself into that he's pretty fucking good, and I can't wait to watch this kid. Also, the list of names that were cut in favor of this kid. I know Hendrix Lapierre was one of the guys that was held out of the the roster. So, wow, some no, pretty big names that. that he beat out to get a spot on that team. Uh, team USA also announced their roster today. Uh, this is courtesy of TSN. Uh, returning notable players include Maddie Beneers, Jake Sanderson, Brock Faber, and then they have first-timer Michigan freshman Luke Hughes. So definitely some exciting stuff coming for the Americans, and hopefully they can go back-to-back. Speaking of international hockey, did you guys do you guys have Chell 22 yet? I don't yet. I'm waiting to get my little Christmas bonus, and then I'm going to shell out for it. Nice. Uh, fantastic game, like all the other EA games. Um, starting December 9th, which was last week, IIHF men's world junior teams will be added to NHL 22 in a variety of ways. Uh, this is something that people have been asking for for a long time. Mainly, uh, one of the things I saw was get rid of the stupid, you know, what was the point of having national teams in NHL 22 when you couldn't really use them in a tournament setting or some form of, you know, game, all you could really do was do play now against each other. The uniforms were horrible knockoffs. It just didn't look right. It was weird. Um, half the time the ice was different sizes, you know, stuff like that. So uh, I think this is great that they're doing it. I know coming in January, 2022, women's and men's world championships are going to be added. So this is going to be the first video game uh, in the series to feature women's hockey. Uh, What do you guys think about the IIHF teaming up with the NHL franchise? I'm fired up about it. I've always wanted to play games like that. You know, if you play Chell too long, you get sick of playing as just the NHL teams. You want something a little different. And like you said, yeah, it's annoying that like you can always play as like the Olympic teams technically, but they're like, kind of whack the rosters aren't quite right the jerseys are never right so i'm excited i think it's really really cool that we'll be able to play women's hockey in shell i'm looking forward to doing that for sure yeah absolutely i had um i had fifa 21 i think and that has the u.s women's soccer team in it and i think i played that more than the men to be honest 100 percent. i echo everything max said by the way I, I also don't have the game i've had every nhl game since 2002 when mario was on the cover and i got my ps2 didn't get this one just i don't know it, it, it's gotten stale a little bit for me maybe when i get a ps5 they uh, definitely do need to do something at this point because for the last 10 years mm-hmm. save for 17 which had the world cup of hockey in it Right. They really yeah. haven't done much. And, you know, no. franchise mode needs an update. Uh, you know, be a pro needs an update. It's just time. They kind of tweaked be a pro by, you know, just adding all these extra steps you have to do, but it also just takes time away from playing the game. So I agree with you. Uh, Mark Andre Fleury became the third goaltender in NHL history to join the 500 win club after a Hawks win against the Habs in Montreal last week. 
That win was also his 69th career shutout. Nice. Uh, did you guys hear the Habs fans chanting his name at the end of that game? Yeah, that was really, really cool. Awesome for him to be able to go to his home city and pull that off. Um, you know, for those of you wondering who the top two goalies are, someone by the name of Marty Brodeur and the other one being Patrick Waugh. Um, those guys were good. Top three goalie wins all time, all French Canadians. Fun fact. So yep. it tells you something. Um, but yeah, congrats to Flower. I mean, just kind of a roller coaster five or six years here. And it's nice to see that he's, you know, getting some appreciation for all the stuff that he's done and that the Hawks are looking a tiny bit better than they have been historically. So. Yeah. Speaking uh, of the Hawks, I'm uh, going to the Caps Hawks game tomorrow night. Nice. Chicago. Oh, that'll be awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited for that one. Hopefully we can actually win. That we would be nice too. The first time. So, yeah. <laughs> Uh, speaking of winning the New York Islanders, let's give them a round of applause. They won their first game at UBS arena in their eighth attempt on Saturday, toppling the new Je- New Jersey devils four to two. Jesus, get it together. Way to uh, poke in that eighth attempt. I like yeah, that. Yeah. Nice. Um, did you guys, do you guys know who CM Punk is? No. Um, the wrestler, right? Yeah. So apparently there was a wrestling event at UBS arena and he gets on the mic and goes, um, like he's trying to fire the crowd up and he like, I guess they weren't being loud enough for him. And he goes, wow, now I get why the Islanders haven't won a game here. I should give Barry Trotz a call. <laughs> it was oh my priceless. God. That's brutal. Jesus. Wow. That is amazing. <laughs> it's, like, it's, it's a URC pissed off New York wrestling fans. Holy shit, dude. They were going to like rip him to shreds if they could get near him. I've heard the arena is absolutely gorgeous, by the way. I mean, you would expect that given how much time it's taken. It's brand spanking new, but I would definitely love to get to see a game up there sometime this year. Yeah, I know. I actually know someone that works there. Shout out uh, Patrick Gaffney. He's been posting pictures and stuff. It looks insane. It looks just absolutely pristine. Uh, and I do want to try that um, that sandwich they have. Oh, the, the Isle burger, the yeah. Islander burger. I, I'm I think, scared of it, but I would try it. So when we talked about it, did we mention that the bun is like a bagel? No. Yeah, I don't think we did, but that's, that's crazy. what did it for I me. I was that. like, okay, now I gotta try it. Wow. I don't know, crispy chicken on a bagel—that's a lot. That's that just seems like a lot of chewing. Like, you yeah, gotta, like equal like it out with chewing. like you gotta yeah. equal it out with like a ton of sauce on something. That would be dry right. as shit. Right. Yeah. yeah, but if it's a good bagel, I have a really hard time passing that up. It's from New York, so yeah, true. Of course. Uh, Jim Rutherford was named the Canucks' uh, new president of hockey operations. He also holds the title of interim general manager while he searches for a replacement for Jim Benning. Uh, let's talk about the Coyotes for a little bit. They were a subject of, once again, relocation rumors after it came out that uh, they still hadn't paid their rent for Gila River Arena. Uh, apparently the team plans to build a new facility in Tempe, but it would be not ready for another four years. Bettman has come out and said that the coyotes aren't going anywhere. What do you guys think needs to be done to fix this team? Oh, <laughs> um, other than like accounting one one but well, that would probably help. Right. Um, I don't know, man. It just seems like one of those things where even if the team's good, they might not like, sell out you guys remember when the senators went against the penguins and the eastern conference finals in 2017 they still didn't sell out their games because the arena is in the middle of fucking nowhere so yeah. you know i kind of feel like this it's a similar thing with the coyotes like yeah if they make the playoffs they're gonna you know probably get like 80 90 capacity but 
you got to get a new arena. I feel like that's got to be the first thing. And I would, I really don't want them to move out of Arizona because I think it's a good sports market. And I think the fact that Matthews is from there, you know, he's the product of, you know, watching Shane Doan when he was growing up. Like there's definitely something there. They just need to execute it better. And I don't think it's going to happen probably for another four years until they get a new arena. Yeah. They, didn't I read correctly that they have like low key plans in the work for a new arena in what was it? What was the city again? Tempe. Oh yeah. You said that already, but either way, I think that until that happens, it's going to be the same old shit for the coyotes. I don't know like what is going to happen with the whole debt thing, because I don't really know what sort of punishments are in place for a team that right. like just doesn't put, doesn't pay their rent. They get locked out of the building because one of the things I saw was that they were rumored that they were going to have to play between like four different home arenas, you oh. know, if they get locked out, which I think would just be a franchise killer. Give it to the fucking That's NHL, man. Yeah. Only in the NHL would this kind of storyline come out. There's going to be a 30 for 30 about this team. There has like to be. <laughs> Watch, they're going to move to like Houston and win the cup in their first year or something. That's just magically going to be getting them out of, you know, where they are right now. Yeah, um, I mean, there's. Crazier things have happened. Moving on, the Tampa Bay Lightning head coach, John Cooper, made history Thursday night, winning his 400th game faster than any other NHL coach ever. Cooper guided the Lightning to a 5-3 victory over the Leafs, achieving the milestone in his 659th contest as a head coach. I think this is a really impressive stat, especially when you think about how many teams are in the league now, how competitive the league is now. It's a salary cap era. You know, it's different, you know, from when guys like Al Arbor and Scotty Bowman were coaching and just racking up wins left and right. So, I I mean, this is so impressive. Not my favorite guy, but hats off to him. Yeah, it's kind of crazy, honestly. Only 659 games to get 400 wins. That's, yeah, hats off. That's very impressive. And the bolts are a fucking wagon right now. I mean, you know, again, he, people think that he's just got a loaded team, and don't get me wrong, he does. But you know, he just—you don't have Kucherov again. You lost your whole third line to free agency. You're battling, you know, the COVID protocols and all that. I mean, he's doing a hell of a job. So yeah, props to him. He's a darn good coach. There's no way around it. And just having a loaded team isn't going to win you hockey games. I, you know, grew up a Caps fan. I can tell you that <laughs> until yeah. I'm blue in the face. So yep. Um, Max laugh was so genuine on that (laughs) painful memories, painful, uh, before we move on, uh, we just want to remind everyone that summer may be over, but there's still never been a better time to get out on the water. Are you looking to finance that new boat or yacht you've always dreamed of? Well, you're in luck because the yacht lender is a specialist in Marine finance with partnerships with 15 different banks. He is the right lender for whatever vessel you may be in the market for backed by Trident funding with over 25 years as an industry leader. The yacht lender has the expertise and know-how to finance the boat of your dreams. Don't wait. Apply today at www.yachtlender.com or check them out on Instagram at yachtlender to see others who have already gotten out on the water. couple of things I want to uh, bring up that we can discuss here real quick before we move on to um, our usual housekeeping and gambling nonsense. Uh, Jacob Truba, is now a human wrecking ball. Apparently he's been doing his best Scott Stevens impression with three monstrous hits this past week. Uh, absolutely ran over Luke Coonan uh, during the second period in a one Oh loss to the Preds clobbered Jujar Kara in a really unfortunate play um, where he had his head down and just, you know, didn't see the bus coming and then just rolled over Nathan McKinnon and had to fight Gabe Landeskog for it. So um, Harry, to go back to your point about torts saying that the game is, 
you know, getting softer, it seems like Truba's got the other thing in mind. Yeah, I'd Max chomping at the bit right now, so I'm going to let him go. No? You go ahead. All right. Um, yeah, look, I'm probably going to rant a little bit here, but like, and it's less about torts, but it's just like, I'm seeing shit online where people are just absolutely livid over these hits. Like, just like, oh my God, this has to be taken out of the game and like all this stuff. And it's just like, dude, it all three hits were clean. Like, I don't understand what you're, what you're looking at. I mean, there's a rule that as long as the head isn't the principal point of contact, then you're fine. Well, the head inevitably is going to, you know, snap, jerk, whatever adjective you want to use when you get absolutely, you know, railroaded on the ice. So none, no, if you look at all three of these hits, nowhere is the head the principal point of contact. And people are like, this needs to be taken out of the game. It's unnecessary, blah, blah, blah. It's like, dude, like, I get what you're saying. It sucks to see a guy get stretchered, but there's a really simple solution to this. Keep your fucking head up. Like, I don't understand what you, you don't get about that. Like you are, you are putting yourself at risk when you don't keep your head up. And one of the best players in the world, Nathan McKinnon got caught with his head down. Like anybody's susceptible to this. It's a, like the purpose to hit someone isn't to injure them. It's to separate them from the puck. And Trub is doing exactly that. He's just doing his job. And if you want to change the rules, I mean, I guess you have that opinion. I'm going to disagree with you. And this is where I'm going to tie torts into this. Like if we could somehow have the quote unquote honest and hardened game that he's talking about, right. You take the physicality of what he is saying hockey should be and go back to and combine it with the speed and the skill of the Zegers, the McDavid's and you punch it all together. You have a perfect hockey. That's what people want to see. They want to see fights. They want to see hits. They also want to see goals and skill and speed. And, you know, you mesh all these things. It's the perfect game somewhere in the lot. You know, I think maybe down the road, we'll kind of revert back a little more like the tougher game. I feel like sports go in cycles, but regardless, I mean, if you're bitching about these true bits, I have no, I, I think you're an idiot personally, but that's just me. I'm really glad I let you go first because you you did most of the work for me. That's pretty much what I was going to say. I have a couple things to add. I do think that the Kara one was the toughest one out of all of them. Obviously, the the result of it was the toughest one too. But I think that that's really the only one for me that I could see even any kind of argument. The Coonan one was clean as day. That's a that's a show that to kids that are learning how to hit there. Show that to kids that are learning how to hit because that is literally like a like hockey one on one like this is how you separate a guy from the puck. Like Harry said, uh, the McKinnon one, it's like you said, I mean, you don't expect a guy like that to get caught with his head down, but he did. And it that's on him. Unfortunately, it's on the puck carrier in all three of those situations. I'm really glad that nobody, you know, got seriously, seriously hurt. I, I was worried about Kara. That was a really, really scary thing to see immediately following the hit. I, I, cannot remember a time seeing somebody look so motionless and like a dummy on the ice like that was brian campbell rj umberger that's that's the one that came to mind yeah one of the best hits you know what that hit reminded me of when kara by the way i don't want to see kara get hurt and i understand you're saying maybe it's unnecessary or whatever you want to say but at the end of the day if he doesn't hit him Kara has full speed going across his own blue line in the neutral. Right. Zone. So what do you want him to do? Like, do you, you throw a poke check 
and he can go by you, or if you like candy ass your way over to him, then you're going to get bulldozed. Yeah. Like there is no such thing as candy assing in the NHL. Like you're going a hundred percent all the time. And Anyways. about a hundred miles an hour too. It's so also, to, you know, make that decision and, you know, line that hit up and to commit to it, you know, people don't understand how fast the game is. Well, and here's something else that people don't talk about enough when we, when we analyze all these hits and this comes up all the time with the Tom Wilson argument, when people are bitching about something he did, it's here's the thing. When I'm going to use this analogy, when you play in like a men's league, for example, it's always non-contact because Everyone's like, well, of course we can't, we can't regulate something where there's literally like 60 year olds playing against like 18 year olds and everything in between. And like, yeah, like too many different like body shapes and like ages and, you know, people in various levels of in shape or whatever in the NHL. Sure. It's like, you think you've got a bunch of the people that are all like the same, you know, they're all in tip top shape, whatever. There's still Jacob Truba is 6'3, 203 pounds. And like there are guys in the NHL that are like 5'9 and like 180 and stuff like that. So, I mean, yes, they're all NHL players. Yes, they're all in tip top shape. But some of these guys are going to get blown up when they run into some of the other dudes in the league. Like that's just kind of the way it is. And it's not Truba's fault that he's a huge heavyweight defenseman that like when he steps up, and there's somebody skating really fast. You know what's going to happen. I think we all took eighth grade science class before we know about gravity. But best two years of my life. <laughs> that's my uh, that's my spiel on that. That's the one thing I wanted to add. So I'll say one more thing. It reminded me a lot of a Nick Cromwell hit. That's yep. exactly what came to mind. Like Marty Havlat, 2009. Oh, playoffs, that was another good one. Coming up the wall. Well, and I mean that one. Cromwell got turned into a verb for a while. Yeah, Cromwell. Yeah, like he did. Say, oh, he got Cromwelled. That's what Truba has reminded me of a little bit this past week. But honestly, if you have a problem with it, you know, I'm just gonna disagree with you. Maybe saying you're an idiot's a little strong. I apologize, but uh, (laughs) not actually. This is why you get taught to keep your head up. This is why, like, if you want a reason to show kids why you're teaching them this, this is the perfect example. If he brings his elbow up and like decapitates a guy, I'm fully on board with like, yo, this is yeah. not okay. But what do you want it's the him shoulder, to do? Though, yeah, it was the yeah. shoulder. It wasn't charging. I saw a bunch of people saying that it was charging. It absolutely no. was not. Watch the feet. You can just tell for yourself. But no, yeah. and it's it, if you think it's a unnecessary play, here's what I'll tell you: He separated the guy from the puck. I don't see how in that play he does that without hitting him. Right. I and know. I think you make a great point. You can't just not hit the guy. He, right. I mean, it's either he's going to get around you or he's going to go through you. Right. Exactly. There is no like, oh, you know, we're both just going to collide. It's and kind of gracefully fall. It's like, no, we're both going to go 100%. And that's yeah. how that'll end. So, Absolutely. Just my take. I don't know. Uh, moving on. Rumor has it that the KHL is negotiating with the NHL to have the Tampa Bay Lightning and Washington Capitals play several exhibition games against their teams. They're targeting September of 2022. So this would occur during like training camp preseason. And obviously, Ovi and Kucherov being two superstars that are from Russia, that's being the big draw for that. What are your guys' thoughts on this? And why is it a terrible idea? This is really? the first time I'm actually hearing about this, but I think it sounds kind of fun. I yeah, mean, why do you think it's a terrible idea? Because I don't want my players going over there and getting hurt 
I mean, yeah. Because some hotshot wants to prove himself against Ovi or something. Uh, I mean, maybe. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, uh, but I also think if they're exhibition games, there's a decent chance that like... I would like to see my team on the big ice. Well, that would be cool. Um, but I don't know. I, I That's weird. That's a weird one because one half of me wants to say if it's an exhibition game, good chance Ovi's not even playing because he doesn't play a lot of the preseason True. games. But if it's this big marketed thing and it's in KHL, I'm sure probably he would play, but I don't know that that's actually a, a, on first notice, I was like, okay, this sounds really fun and like good for the game, but I, I am seeing a lot of complications. Like the more I think about it, like the 20 hour flight. (laughs) Well, just that, like, (laughs) It's kind of like why, like this isn't Mystery Alaska, you know. It's it's like great movie. What for? What purpose are we doing this? Like flying twenty hours for a preseason game or whatever, and it doesn't really help the NHL players get ready for the NHL year per se, because it's just a totally different thing. I don't know, Harry. What do you think? I think it's cool. I mean, I don't know. I I understand what Nick's saying. He doesn't want someone getting hurt, right? Like that's always the. That's always the the caveat, but I think it's cool. I mean, you know, these two teams have a lot of Russians, you know, Sergachev, Vasilevsky, Kucherov, Ovechkin, Kuzi, Sammy, like Orlov. I think, it'd be, Orlov. I think it'd be pretty cool, personally. I think it would be cool to see. I think what I've sort of come up with, I fixed their idea. I took their idea and made it better. So what you do is you have the Lightning play against Dynamo Moscow, and then you take the two former Dynamo Moscow players from the Caps and have them suit up for their old team. That would be Ovi and Backstrom. Because Ovi played there growing up and then went back for the lockout and took Backstrom with them. That's kind of sick. I do. That would be nuts. That would be crazy. That would be pretty cool, actually. Uh, Some other things to get to. One last discussion topic I have for you guys. So the Beijing Olympics are rapidly approaching, and with COVID cases going up globally, there's been a lot of concern that the NHL is going to opt out of participating in the Winter Games. Commissioner Gary Bettman added that a number of players are expressing concerns about going to Beijing and their quarantine requirements. This comes from Greg Wyshynski. There are no official protocols set out yet, but rumor has it that any positive COVID test at the Winter Olympics is going to require you to, you know, basically produce two negative ones 24 hours apart. And you could have to quarantine there for like up to five weeks or something horrible like that. So I, I think this is concerning. Um, the Olympics are set to begin on February 4th and conclude on February 20th. Um, Bettman ultimately said, I'm leaving it to the players. The decision lies with each one of them. What do you guys think? Yeah, I mean, I would say that the five-week thing is concerning, right? I mean, there's actually a quote from McDavid that came out today that said, yeah, five weeks really isn't great, <laughs> right? Like, No. I mean, it's not really – I don't know. It, it, it just seems like we're really leaning towards this isn't going to happen. And at this rate, this might be an unpopular opinion, I would prefer just – don't go. I mean, I'd rather I'd rather see the NHL season go smoothly, right? Than potentially fuck it up even more than it's already potentially going to get fucked up. Yeah, I would say two days ago I might have had a different opinion about it, but it has been a hell of a forty-eight hours for the NHL and COVID, and I 
don't see it getting any better by doing the Olympics. Uh, as much as I was really pumped to see the NHL at the Olympics again, and you know, I'm sure a lot of us were, but I, yeah, I'm kind of with Harry on this one. I don't think that the risk reward is really in the favor of the reward this time. So I think, I think they should probably stay. I think that it'll be interesting to see what official rules come out of the meeting or whatever, but with the number basically doubling from eight to 15 in the last day or two of players going on the COVID protocol list. And you got coaches in it as well, that don't even include it in that number. It's uh, not great. No, I, I completely agree with you guys. I think at this point, you know, you have to just, you had an issue getting the whole regular season in last year, get the whole one in this year and let's have a smooth playoffs and let's get, you know, back to hockey starting on the first week of October and go from there. I saw a couple ideas floating around. I guess I really didn't think about this, about doing World Cup of Hockey as a replacement somewhere in Canada or like northern U.S. And then that would be sick. But as I thought about it, like half of Team Russia doesn't play in the NHL or like, you know, I mean, Switzerland or Switzerland, Jesus Christ, Sweden, Canada, U.S. probably get covered. And then every country after that, you probably have a couple guys lumped in there that aren't NHLers. They got to go right. international. There's a whole set of problems with that right now. I mean, yep. you know, it's I don't know if there's a clear answer for this. No, definitely not. Well, and the thing is, the NHL managed to get most of their player. Actually, I think I believe all of their players unvaccinated, except for maybe one or two or something like that. But uh who knows what the other protocols are for some of those non NHL players that are going to be playing. And if they're going to be on the same teams as NHL guys, even if an NHL guy is doing everything he can to not get it, then it's like, well, if I'm sitting next to the dude in the locker room that doesn't have vaccination because his team doesn't require it. And then I get it. Cause it, it, you know, it's, it's a clusterfuck. It is. There's, there's so many things that factor into that. It's like international travel right now is just a, a bear in itself. Yeah, for um, sure. So I don't think we're going to be seeing that, but if they do the all-star game skills competition on the Vegas strip, like some of the rumors say, then it's all cool. I think that's awesome. I, I would be interested to see how that one turns out, but they I, should think, put I think that on, could be sick. They should put Ovi on rollerblades and make him do fastest skater on the strip against please, McDavid. Stop that trying to injure my player, please. Like, yeah, for real. <laughs> he doesn't break. Yeah, true. Um, Former wash. This is our feel good story of the week. Former Washington Capitol and Hershey Bear Nathan Walker scored a hat trick for the St. Louis Blues after being an emergency call up just the day prior. He is, uh, you know, prior to this, he had scored three goals in 25 career NHL games. Uh, and if you guys remember, you Caps fans, Walker was the first Australian to ever play in the NHL, score a goal in the NHL, and now is the first Aussie to ever record a hat trick in the NHL. Obviously, we will always remember him fondly for playing an important role for the Caps in the 2018 elimination of the Pittsburgh Penguins, assisting on Alex Chason's goal in that series final game. That was a sweet pass, too. It was. He went Fourth line the, goal. Dug the puck out from behind the net after winning basically like a almost icing play, grabbed the puck, and Chason was coming in hot, scored it. Sick play. Yeah, broke, always I think uh, that broke like a zero zero tie too, or something like that. Yeah, uh, that he was always a fan favorite when he was here in DC, so just uh, couldn't be happier for him. Uh, real quick, gonna run through the three stars of the week. Our first one is Thatcher Demko. Him and the Canucks have gone four and zero since being under Bruce. He's got a one point two zero GAA, a nine six two save percentage, and a shutout. It really doesn't get much better than that. 
Second is Sebastian Ajo. He had five goals, two assists in three games. That's scorched earth pace right there. Now on the COVID list. <laughs> yep, exactly. And then third is Devon Taves with seven apples in four games. So shout out to him. Now on the COVID list. Bingo. That's what you get for being a third star. <laughs> uh, some injuries and housekeeping stuff to get to. Canadians, Tyler Toffoli is going to miss eight weeks after undergoing hand surgery. Uh, Kings defenseman Alex Edler was placed on IR. He's likely out long term. Jake Gensel's week to week with his upper body injury. Gabe Landiscog is out two weeks with a lower body injury. Uh, Blake Wheeler is expected to be out a while with a knee injury. Uh, Mitch Marner is out three to four weeks with a shoulder injury. Uh, and then scary situation in the Avs game uh, against the Panthers the other night. Did you guys see the Ryan Lomberg hit on Jacob McDonald? Dude, that I, was I did. Cr- Speaking of destroying yeah. guys, I yeah. mean, I'm trying to remember the clip. I saw it when it was released. He kind of he did the crowd wall, right? He yeah. Went, he he used his back almost, like he backed into him. Yeah. Am I am I right in that? Yeah, that's uh, that's how I remember it. Uh, was so it clean? Was it clean? I, I thought it, was, it clean. was clean. I saw some people saying it was a little bit borderline, which I, I can agree to the point. You know. And I know this shouldn't influence your decision, but when the guy gets stretchered off like that um, and was like borderline unconscious before he even hit the ice, um, you know, it's a big deal. Uh, The good news is that, uh, you know, coach Jared Bednar was asked about him. He said it was a scary moment, but apparently he's seen our trainers and everything's good. So uh, glad to see that he's okay and doing well after taking that big hit. Uh, wrapping up injuries, Washington capital center, Nicholas Backstrom will travel with the team to Chicago Mac tomorrow night for you and is going to be a game time decision. So we finally might get backy, but get backy back and you could see it. I'm so fired up about the potential of that. I brought my Backstrom Jersey home with me for Thanksgiving because I knew I was going to two caps games and I thought maybe just maybe I'll get lucky get to see his first game back. Wasn't lucky. He was, you know, skating with the team, but wasn't close. And I'm, I'm really crossing my fingers that after all, I am going to get to see his first game back. Um, I got a good feeling. I think based on some of the tweets I was reading today, I, I have a good feeling about it, but I don't want to jinx anything would be sick to see him back. What I understand is he'll be back before Christmas at some point, either way. Um, So it's good news, no matter what for the caps, especially when we got, Tom Wilson now on the injured list and yet to be really examined. So I don't know what the hell the deal is going to be with that. Yeah. I couldn't agree with you more. Uh, some suspensions to get to Jason Spezza was suspended six games following his knee to the face of jets defenseman, Neil Pionk. Spezza is appealing the six game ruling through the NHLPA and had no prior suspensions up to this point in his career. What did you guys think about the six games? Deserved it. Could have been more. I love Spezza, but you can't do that. You can't retaliate as like as directly as he did. I mean, it it can't be a hothead game, and it he made it a hothead game, and the rest of that third period was a hothead game, which is fun for the fans, but it's not really good for the teams. Um, and I think in general, what Spezza did was honestly to me way worse than what Pionk did initially. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Um, I could see them knocking it down to five, maybe just because he has no suspensions. Um, but I think when we were talking about this last week, how many games, Nick, I think you had the highest. You said something like nine or 10, I think. Max said five, so you're pretty spot on. I think I said six or seven. I wouldn't like have been surprised at all if they had just gone with like a blanket 10 and be like, okay, 
but yeah, I, I think don't... they're giving him the benefit of the doubt. I, the only way I can sort of seeing them reduce this is if they're like, okay, it's Jason Spezza. The guy's been around for, I don't know how many games, 1200 games in the NHL at this point um, has literally been the nicest guy, you know? And I mean, to argue against the whole point I just made, Pionk did have it coming. If you want to argue it from, for that, sure. from that side of the coin, like, I mean, he did, he did what he did was dirty for sure. So I get like having to retaliate, but I'd rather see Spezza drop the gloves and and fight yeah. him than, yeah. than, than knee him in the head. That's right. a little, that's just dangerous. He, he could have yeah. just tried to, you know, turtle him and beat the shit out of him. It right. Yeah, or, or wait. And, and Spezza's a strong enough guy to blow him up cleanly, like open ice. Just do it, right. do it clean. You don't have to be a dirt ball about it. Yeah. yeah. Like if you yeah. can catch him with his head down, catch him with his head down, but you know, uh, you know, don't plow your like shin pad through his cheekbone. Uh, some trades, roster moves, and rumors to get to. The Leafs traded forward Curtis Gabriel to the Chicago Blackhawks for defenseman Chad Kreese. Uh, according to Emily Kaplan, there's speculation going around that uh, flurry to the Edmonton Oilers could make a lot of sense. Would make a lot of sense. Don't want it to make, make sense. sense. Don't that want would, it to make uh... sense. That would be a game changer because one thing that I love to criticize the Oilers for is that they don't have goaltending, which honestly, if there's any Oilers fans listening to this podcast right now, you're probably pretty fed up with me because I was looking at Koskinen's <laughs> numbers today and they're actually pretty good. Like, <laughs> as much as I shit on the Oilers goaltending, he actually has been like pretty solid this year. But the fact is he's Miko Koskinen. So like it it's not like enough of a name to like really shut me up, you know, just because he's playing well right now does right. not convince me that he's gonna be a playoff caliber goalie when the time comes. But yeah, if they got flurry, like that would that would be a huge game changer. So something to keep your eye on. It's also just consistency with them. Like you said, he's playing good right now. Let, let's check back next week, you know. That's how that, that situation is with their goaltending. Well, the Oilers aren't playing well right now either. So. Nope, not at all. Uh, the Red Wings extended Robbie Fabry for three years at four per, and the stars put Anton Kudobin on waivers. He's 35. He's got a year left on his contract and has a 3.33 million cap hit. Do you guys see him getting picked up? I feel like the Sabres could use him. I feel That's... like, uh, there's a few teams that could use him, but they come to mind first. Yeah. St. Yeah. Louis, they could probably use him. I don't know how I don't know how long term their uh their Bennington and uh Huso Bennington's a while, but yeah, Bennington's on the books for a while. I don't know about Huso, but yeah, yeah. They, they locked him up big after the, the cup, right? Yeah. Well, I just mean like I don't know how long term like Bennington and Huso are gonna be out. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I know what you mean. Uh, another Dallas Stars goalie I want to touch on. Uh, ben Bishop is going to remain on LTIR with a degenerative knee injury that essentially marks the end of his hockey career, or at least NHL career. Uh, Bishop, who is also 35, had surgery for a torn meniscus after the pandemic-altered 1920 season and missed all of the shortened 2021 season when Dallas missed the playoffs. He had recently been on a conditioning stint with the Texas Stars, their AHL affiliate, and on Thursday in his first game since Game 5 of the Western Conference Finals in August of 2020, he gave up eight goals on 34 shots. 
Uh, when asked about it, uh, GM Jim Nil said, it's no secret. He has a degenerative knee injury and went down there to, you know, to rehab. He wanted to be a big part of this. He wanted to do everything he could to get back in the end by going through the process and going down there and playing. He found out that it's the end of his career. Uh, Bishop was a finalist for the Vesna trophy in 14, 16 and 19 is an overall record of 222 wins. 128 losses, 36 overtime losses, a 2.32 GAA, a 921 save percentage across 413 games in the NHL. That's something to hang your hat on, man. That's a hell of a career. Props to him for even trying to come back, knowing that's the condition. Yeah. I tip my hat. That's tough, man. I know that's not the way you want to go out. And, you know, when you're 35, I'm sure you're right at the age where you're still trying to believe that you know, you can keep going. A lot of guys go till their forties. So, um, it's tough. It's tough to find out that way, but yeah, like Harry said, hats off to him. I always enjoyed watching him play for the lightning and for the stars. I thought he was a hell of a goalie. He's a big goalie too. He's tall. Um, and he covers the whole net. So he's hard to score on and he had a hell of a career. So congrats to him. Yeah, Absolutely. Uh, let's get into some gambling stuff. But before we do, I think Mac wants to tell everyone a little bit about sharp rank. Yeah, that's right. So, uh, we just wanted to remind you that this season, all of our picks are powered by sharp rank sharp rank created the first ever cross sport rating system, ranking betters from any sport on one leaderboard that anyone can dominate. Even you sharp rank is backed by some of the biggest names in the sports gambling world, such as bet MGM, Betway, and Sports Illustrated. Download the free app for iPhone and Android today. And with that, let's talk about some gambling. Harry, you want to start it off? I got a couple of things to touch on in the end, but I think why don't you drive the gambling bus here? Um, All right, so let's start with who's hot and who's not. So for who's hot, the Canucks, they're 4-0 since Bruce, there it is, came on board. He hates that saying. He does hate that saying, by the way. But uh, Canucks are looking good. I don't know how long this will go for, but I do think for the rest of the year, you can trust them to pull an upset win way more than you could previously. They actually had Carolina in Vancouver, I think it was a night or two ago, uh, two nights ago, and the value was actually – it was Saturday night, I'm sorry. Value was uh, way higher than I thought. Vancouver was like, I think – it might have been even. It was really damn close. And I was expecting Vancouver to be like plus 140, plus 150. So I think uh, I think Vegas is getting on to something here with Bruce behind the bench. Um, so they're a team to watch out for. Nashville, they've won five straight, had a great win against the Rangers, 1-0 shutout. And then the Avalanche, uh, they're back i don't know how else to say that. they're so. back if they can stay healthy but i th- really like i mean the story of that team this season has to be the fact that they've just been so banged up again they have been um but that decor still seems to be intact and as long as none of the defensemen are taken off uh i think they're going to be okay that's probably got to be the best you know six-man d unit in the entire nhl in my opinion probably and, they, and they've they got guys seven. stepping up I mean, Burakovsky had a hat trick the other night. He did. They put up seven on the Rangers the other night. They do play the Rangers again tonight, which is an interesting one for me because 7-4 win over the Rangers. I'm smelling revenge game for the Rags, but I could be wrong. I'm staying clear of it. Where is that game? That is in Colorado. Okay. Um, And then the who's not. Oof, the Oilers lost their last five. McDavid one and a half has only hit one time in the last five games. 
I've been a li- I haven't been publishing that as much as you've probably realized. I think I'm one in one in my last two publish uh, for the McDavid one and a half. So kind of waiting for them to get back on board. Tonight, I'm not sure what to think of it either. With the Leafs, McDavid versus Matthews, and Oilers are at home. I'm not sure like which team is going to have their stars going, or if it's going to be both, or neither, or what. It's tough with Campbell right now, dude. Campbell's on fire, so he is know. having a great year. You're right. He really is. Um, but not the future Vesna winner. We'll get to that in a second. Uh, the guy- <laughs> former uh, World Junior gold medal winner, though. Sure. With uh, our boy Danny Cristo and John Carlson on that team. He's a USA boy, so I shouldn't say sure or whatever. But, yes, he he was. Uh, The Coyotes, they can't even pay rent, so that's that. (laughs) Um, And then the Canadians, they're 2-7-1 in their last 10. They've lost three straight. They suck. They play Pittsburgh tonight. I hammered Penn's puck line. We'll see how it goes. Uh, Mac, I'll let you take it from here. All right, so I was trying to find just some kind of oddball trends. It's kind of the way I like to discover stuff is just looking at team schedules, going back the last couple of games, seeing what hit, what didn't. And a couple of things I noticed is the puck line, but not the minus puck line, the plus puck line. So this is, you know, we're talking a team to either win the game by any amount or they can lose as long as it's only by one goal. So the Boston Bruins plus one and a half has hit seven straight games in a row. Now Um, that means they've either won or not lost by at least two in those last seven. Same can be said about the golden Knights plus one is plus one and a half has now hit eight straight games in a row. And then this is the big one here that I really want to dissect and talk about a little bit. The New York Rangers plus one and a half has only missed four times in their 27 games this season. So that means there's only been four games this year that the Rangers have lost by more than one goal. Um, so I can think you know, of one. Yeah, and one of those includes opening night against yours truly, Washington Capitals, 5-1 defeat. Um, but here's the thing. you know, I say that, and you're like, okay, well, why wouldn't I just bet Rangers plus one and a half every single night, and it's going to hit more times than it's not going to hit, right? True. But the problem is plus one and a half for a team like the Rangers is usually going to be bad value. Like the best you're probably going to get that at is like minus 180 or minus one higher. It's going to usually be even higher than that. So my question to you guys is if we have a bet like this, that is seemingly a lock, but it has terrible value. How do you proceed? Like what are, what are each of your policies on that? Do you just not take it at all because the risk is way too much for the reward or, you know, some people would argue you bet it consistently, like you're taking this like literally like every game they have so that the one time you lose it gets canceled out by the three times you win it or whatever. I'm curious what each of you has to say on this topic. There's a variety of method to the madness, um, you know, and I've probably gone through all of them. I'll, you know, a lot of it depends on how I'm doing that week anyways. Do I need a surefire thing to pull me back even? Do I want to stretch the gap a little bit? Do I want to just shut it down, accept my losses and, you know, chug a bunch of bleach depending on how my week is gone? Um, One of my favorite things to do here is parlay it, which is one other thing. I think doing that, you know, any more than that can get a little bit dangerous. But if you do like two heavy, heavy favorites and parlay them together, you can get that to just about break even. And if they're that likely to happen, um, I feel pretty comfortable doing stuff like that. 
I like that advice. I'm a big parlay guy, so I, I hear that and I like that. Harry, what about you? Um, here's a little fun stat. The Rangers, after they didn't cover the plus one and a half, covered it the very next game all four times this year. So maybe your best bet is when they lose by more than two, the next game, even though it's scary and the value sucks, hammer it. Yeah. Like just obliterate it. And every time that happens, they lose by more than two. The next game, you just say, all right, I'm going to put on my big boy pants. I'm going to lay down minus 300 against the senators and fuck it. If I go bankrupt, I go bankrupt. Like, because I, personally, I think if you bet it every game, it's just, I don't know. I, I'm not really a fan of that. I, I'd You're say probably going to break even at best in that case. Cause right. the value is so bad that the one you lose will be enough to wipe out the winnings from the three or four that you win on something like that. Right. I think this is one where you got to be picky and maybe on a game where they get blown out. The next game is when you take it. Yeah, I know that's what um, I know you've done this before. I've certainly done this before. You know, it's like the McDavid bet. If it doesn't hit one game and they play two days later, hammer it. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I like that advice a lot, too. For sure. Uh, Moving on to some home and away trends. I found these were very interesting. So the best teams at home in the NHL right now, the Florida Panthers have still only lost one game in total at home. They are 14-1-0. Just keep that in mind because that team is also scoring a ton of goals and they're red hot. The Toronto Maple Leafs are 12-4-1 at home. The Minnesota Wild are 10-2 at home. Uh, Some good road teams. And Harry, this is why I was asking about the Rangers. They're 10-3-2 on the road. So them going into Colorado tonight following a loss against that team, don't hate that. Uh, The Flames are 11-4-2 at home. And the Hurricanes are 12-4-1 at home. Uh, So moving on from that, some gold differential trends to go along with this. The Hurricanes are the best in the NHL with 27 more goals scored than goals against them. The Caps are right behind them at a plus 26, and the Panthers are tied with them also at plus 26. I didn't take the three worst to contrast, but I picked teams that I was a little bit surprised by. The Blackhawks are sort of up there in that mix of like the Buffalo, Montreal, Arizona, like the toilet bowl. Um, you know, at minus 24, which I was surprised by considering, you know, who their goaltender is, uh, the Kraken minus 21 didn't not really a huge surprise, but, you know, didn't really expect to see them, uh, in there with those teams in that mix. And then the Canucks, this isn't really surprising. They're minus 13. That's not as bad as the other two. And we did just give them a huge bump. So I'm sure that's going to turn around soon. Uh, I think all those are interesting. Those are great over-unders to bet. Um, And then I'm definitely going to be looking at those home and away trends this week. Yeah, those home and away ones are good. Um, You know, I think some of that data could be a little skewed. Like the Blackhawks, the first 10 games were abysmal. They've been a little bit better recently, so that might contribute. But in general, yeah, I I would agree with you. Um, Shall we get to the State of the Unions? I'll keep... I'll keep mine quick since, you know, 90% of listeners probably want me dead at this point. Um, Backup goaltending for the Pens, Casey DeSmith. Finally, he's not sucking ass anymore. Two wins in a row, a shutout in one of those two against the Anaheim Ducks with the beautiful new third jerseys that the Penguins graced us with the other night. Um, So he's been back. I don't want to say back back, but he's looking a little better than he has been. Um, earlier this season. So that's good. Uh, I guess the biggest takeaway for me, and it really showed in the Caps game, is that 
this is not like like a lot of people think penguins high powered offense sick power play you couldn't be farther from the truth this year this is a mike sullivan team like this is chip and chase don't fuck around in your own zone no bullshit like they just make simple plays there's nothing really fancy about it um except for kasperi kapanen that's probably the only guy who is fancy on the team um, but we're third best in goals against average in the NA or goals against um, in the NHL this year, which is in large part due to the way Jari has played. He's been unreal this season. I personally think if he keeps this up, him and Campbell, give me one other name, probably going neck and neck for the Vesna. I know he's in, I know he's right there. If the Panthers are doing Martin well, Jones. Bob, <laughs> what'd you say? Ilya Brizgala. Martin yeah. Jones. Yeah, Martin if the Jones. Panthers continue to play well and win, I'm sure Bob's name is going to be tossed around. And then Vassy, of course. Vassy, too. A Puck Empire dished out like their top five list, like at the quarterway of the season. You I could think put Gibson at, up there. They had Jari at three. I think, I mean, you know, for a guy who took so much shit last year, and I would even say undeservedly so because he just had a bad playoff series, he's playing really good for us right now. So, um, yeah. Third best in goals against given up this year. Number one penalty kill in the NHL. That definitely has helped us. Uh, Malkin projected to be back next week. I This is going to be a hot take. I'm not sure if I'm excited. I mean, the power play needs it, but goddamn, man, like he just doesn't play defense at all. And him and Sully, I'm sure, are just like bashing heads like this because he wants to play Russia ball. Sully wants to play, you know, United States, Tortorella ball. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Tortorella ball. I mean, dude, I'm not gonna lie ball. to you. What you were saying before about how like this isn't the same Penguins team you see, and that this is you know Sullivan hockey or whatever. But I correct me if you think I'm wrong here, but I feel like the Penguins have been getting closer and closer to like that Islanders brand of hockey where they win, I was, like, yeah, nothing and two to one, and it's not flashy or pretty. It's but not. It wins I was, and it's no, it's know, just infuriating. Yeah, dude, I was thinking that before the show started. I was driving home from getting my new uh, my new glasses. I'm pretty much blind, by the way, for those wondering. Oh, good. Um, yeah, thank you. But I was thinking, like, this reminds me of like Isles hockey. Like, I hate to admit it, it's not fun to watch for me. Like, most of the games, I'm like, holy shit, this is not really exciting. Sid's Sid's changed his game. Like, he's just doesn't really pull off anything not crazy. a flashy stunt puller but he gets the job done and he usually gets like an assist maybe a goal yeah i mean we're not a pretty team to watch it's 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 just textbook hockey it's sullivan hockey that's the way i'm putting it but you know maybe malkin comes back and gives you a little bit more of an offensive push so then you're win- winning games like three to one or you know four to two might 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 make a little bit of a difference because he'll also you know let one in on the other back end and then score one make your games more exciting it'll help the power play for sure which which we definitely need um big win over the caps obviously no Gensel Rust or Malkin in that game I know you guys are missing a lot of pieces too so Mantha Backstrom big names to name a couple um Brock McGinn uh, the Brock star, as Steve Mears has been calling him on the broadcast lately, two, two goals in two straight games. Looks really good. That fourth line of McGinn, Zach Aston Reese, and Teddy Bluger, man, they shut people down. That is a shutdown line. Love what they're bringing to the table. Penguins look good. I'm excited. Um, you know, Jari, I really think, is our best player so far this season. While we're talking about Brock McGinn, what did you think of the hit on Faravari? Um, I haven't watched the replay truthfully. I, we were so high up. I, I barely saw it. I know people were going nuts. Um, 
it was also like the complete opposite end that we were on too. I can't, to be honest with you, I did. I haven't really seen it. Like, look up the replay because I'm curious what what you guys' honest opinion on it is. I didn't love it. To me, I I thought water's wet. Yeah, principal contact was the head. I I wasn't that shocked to see like no penalty called or whatever the refs get shit wrong sometimes, but like they did I, not I want to like, pull the whistle God. out in that game. At I was all. oh I know that that was pissing me off, but I, I was actually shocked that the NHL reviewed it and and said nothing. Like that shocked me. I thought it was definitely worthy of like something. I'll have to watch it. The last thing I'll say, and I also I never, why do you guys just hate Faravari? Like, what's the deal there? Yeah, like <laughs> he's like Poor the most kid. hated. What the hell? Yeah, I know. God, he's been uh, ragdolled this season by us. But seriously, last, last thing I'll say: Gensel went out right before the Caps game. I was like, God damn it! Like he's the hottest player in hockey. But lo and behold, he's out of the doghouse. Kasperi Kapanen finally gets his chance on that top line. He capitalized. And he just scored actually for the Pens in the first period against the Canadians. So if we can get his engine going, man, look out! That's going to be awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Mac, what have your thoughts been on the Caps as of late? Uh, I guess as of late they've been a little wishy-washy, mostly because we've had a shit ton of time off. Feels like we're like play game, then three days off, three days off, then play game, then three days off. Which actually, I think that is exactly what just happened. But yep. Um, which is terrible if you're a caps fan and you know why yes uh it sucks too just because um you know i want to watch the caps but also because i feel like the guys can't get in like as much of a rhythm and you know we really only have two two games to talk about here that penguins game and then the sabers game neither one was really pretty in any way the sabers we barely eked barely eked one point out of it extremely lucky to get two out of it um penguins game i don't know the third period i thought we played well i was i was pleased with the effort to try and make a push and make it a game at the end but kind of a bummer that we gave up that empty netter so early i would have loved to see us you know while it was three to two or whatever it was still pushing harder to score but that's the way the cookie crumbles sometimes i think that i'm really excited to see what's going to happen getting Backstrom back into this lineup. I've been pleased with all the young guns. Really cool, all the different guys we've had score, obviously. Um, I don't know what to think of Wilson. I touched that, touched on that earlier, uh, especially for my fantasy team. If you're out there and you have him on your fantasy team, I would suggest holding tight for a little longer until we hear like what the diagnosis is. I think I heard it was upper body. I don't remember seeing anything happen to cause it. I just know he left in the second period against the Penguins and didn't return for the third and then did not play in Buffalo. I think I read on Twitter today that he hasn't skated since the injury. So that I read the same thing might not be a great sign for the caps, but at least we're getting Backstrom back. Um, What else? That's kind of it. We've had a lot of COVID issues. That's a huge bummer. I know the team's in like enhanced protocol right now where they're not really even supposed to go to restaurants and stuff on the road. So no bueno. Uh, I know a lot of teams are probably dealing with that right now. So um, that's kind of my update on the caps. I'm excited for this Hawks game tomorrow. Hopefully we can get back in the regulation win column. That would be nice. trying to go out to some bars in Chicago after the game and I have work the next day. So I don't really want to, you know, sit there for a shootout and all that nonsense but 
Yeah. I mean, it's good to see that they're, you know, the shootout's starting to come together. Oshi finally scored. It feels like that's been forever, which is so weird for him. Sprong looks great using that same move again um, yeah. that he just has down pat. So um, I've been really, really impressed this season with, you know, Harry, you talked about how Sid has altered his game a little bit, you know, a little bit more, um, you know, not as flashy as, you know, maybe he used to be. Alex Ovechkin's passing has been one of the most phenomenal things I've seen so far this season. I mean, you talk about losing a True guy that. like Nicholas Backstrom, who is arguably one of the top 10 passers in the league. I'm going to argue that he's number one. You can tell me if I'm wrong and eat shit, but you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, you know, it's for a hole like that to be in your lineup and for him to step up and basically has become the dish man on this team. It's just While so impressive. Still scoring a shit ton of goals. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, it's incredible. I also want to add one more thing. Uh, Kuznetsov killing penalties this year have been phenomenal. Yeah, yep. I never, ever, ever thought I would say that, but he has been a great penalty killer, great two-way forward, honestly, for us this year, and I like how he's cleaned up his game too. Harry, you had something to add? Yeah, I didn't realize this, but Ovi's second in the NHL in assists. He's got 24 in the year, ties him with Adam Fox for second. McJesus is number one with, I can't read that, but it looks like 25. Um, he's ahead of guys who historically are really high up on the assist list, Huberdo, um, Kaprizov, Panarin. So, yeah, he's, he's he had two assists in the Pens game. Sneaky. Yeah. I never like I looked at the stat, uh, the box score afterwards. I was like, he had two assists. Really? I know he had one on the late goal, but which, by the way, I haven't actually shared this with anyone, but I've been betting Ovi over one and a half points the same way we've been doing with McDavid. And it's usually like cashes in pretty good. He's either going to score one and have another apple or not score and have two apples. It's pretty common. I should he's look at the stats on how many times he's had two or more points this year because he's on I've your been- fantasy team, right? He is, thank God. And he's People averaging fun like of me. four points a game. People made fun of me for drafting him as high as I did, which was only seventh overall, like literally not even that high. And people yeah. were like giving me shit for it. So you can all eat a dick now. But. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, for how much he scores, that's that I would say that's pretty fair. But uh, the last thing I will say doesn't have to do with caps or pens, but the Flyers, I'm scared a little bit. They've won two in a row now. They're now beating the Devils in the first period, one nothing. I don't know, man. I just got a weird feeling. Like Mike Yo, he's a player's coach. They got a cool group. It's like uh-oh. if that goaltending catches fire, look out. I know, I know. I'm, and you know what the problem is? Is that the Islanders are not going to stay dead forever. I promise you that they might not make the playoffs at this rate, but they're going to make it interesting. So it's not the Caps and the Pens can't take their foot off the gas pedal. The way the first part of the season has gone is has only guaranteed an absolute absolute shit show dogfight at like come March and April. It's going to be mayhem in that Metro division. So the Flyers just have that recipe and we talked about it last year. It's like, you know, you do the third line test. Okay. When they're healthy, that's not horrible. Now you have a coaching change midway through the year. We know what that can do to a team. And then if that young goalie gets hot and starts standing on his head, like we've seen in the past, that's a dangerous playoff team that can do a lot of damage and frustrate you in a lot of ways. I am nervous, but we'll see. I don't know. Um, that just about wraps it up for us on this episode. Excuse me. Uh, do you guys have any final notes before we get going here? Uh, can't think of anything. Matt, y'all good. I'm all good here. 
Alrighty. Well, we appreciate everybody listening. Hope you have a good week. Um, we will be back next Tuesday, the 21st to record that I'll get published on the 22nd. And then we're going to take a week off for the, the holiday. So enjoy your, uh, enjoy your holiday, Christmas, Hanukkah, whatever. Um, and we'll be back with you next week without further ado. Class dismissed. <laughs> <laughs>